serial killers to another deep dive into the files of saturday morning confidential uh as i was kicking off this season and going with uh a woman power season i immediately went to magic and witches and i knew there was but one person i had to come on to talk such things and that is friend of the pod uh who has his own podcasts now uh i'm so excited to have you back kevin so i'm just gonna jump back in welcome kevin gads from the words of the witches podcast and hanging with the hollowells podcast kevin welcome back to the show Woo, thank you yeah that was a mouthful i know <laughs> <laughs> how have you been since the last time you were on the show yeah that was like forever ago we did it, mulan right literally yeah. i mean also with the pandemic it all feels like it's been two years but it feels like 20 all at the same time exactly uh and so yeah i am so excited to have you back so for anyone who maybe hasn't caught our episode of mulan what's wrong with you go download it right now uh <laughs> just tell everyone at home who you are and a little bit about yourself oh sure cool yeah i'm kevin uh i like nerdy things like charmed but i also do cosplay and conventions and i do like sexy modeling in my underwear and <laughs> uh yeah i'm a big dis nerd uh so we talked about disney and i met, i got to see you at disney one i know we hung out at there. disney one of the times i know here. It was so much crazy <laughs> amazing all the connections but yeah i I just do lots of, I, I keep myself busy with all kinds of things. So <laughs> we love to see it and we will drop all of that info where they can follow you later in the show. Um, but I want to jump right in today. We are talking about the Hollywell sisters. We are talking about the charmed ones. We are yes. talking about the long running groundbreaking show that is charmed. I didn't realize I was doing research for today that they literally were like the most viewed show with all female leads until like desperate housewives in 2012 after exactly. they'd like gone off the air. And it only been done by like two episodes. It wasn't even like much. Yeah, it was it was not much at all. And so I mean there's also it's it this show to me is synonymous with Buffy from the time because they were on at similar times. Mm -hmm. And it was just this age of like otherworldly ass kickery of of ladies and it, this really tapped into that like uh love of practical magic and craft from the 90s and kind of how can we do that sexy aaron sorkin thing but also not have it be just like uh uh just like hot ladies running around because this was like <laughs> hot ladies with substance like the show exactly it, it has literally everything so we're gonna jump into it i want to know what your first experiences with charmed were and like that the early first memories that you have of it oh i remember the first time i ever saw it it was october 7th 1998 it was eight o'clock it was the very it was the day of the premiere the very first episode um I just happened to, I think I saw it maybe the commercials, maybe a few days before. I, I, I just remember seeing the commercials. I was like, that is intriguing to me. I'm going to watch that. And I watched it. And then I was obsessed from the day one. <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, I really was just like in awe and like the magic and the mystery and the sisters. And there's like this darkness, this eeriness to it. Because I didn't want to get anything too scary. Buffy was like too scary for me because I was like all vampires and monsters. This was just like, ooh, this is like thrilling, but it's not as scary. So maybe I can handle it. <laughs> um, but my mom on the second episode, the week after, she did shut it off on me. She's like, 
you can't it was right when phoebe got abducted by javna in the car she's like this is too scary for you this is too adult for you shut that off <laughs> and so yeah she literally shut the tv off of me and then walked away and like and then turned it back on she wasn't in the room anymore so i finished it what mom does not know will not hurt her and right. now what no one i think i'm gonna have to take a screenshot of this of our video call to share share with everyone also when anyone follows you on social media they will see all of your charm collection because you have quite the collection of <laughs> items i mean you have props you have costume pieces i yes. mean what I am, I'm going to describe for people over, <laughs> over your shoulder. There is a model of the Hallowell house. I see collectible dolls. I see an actual <laughs> book of shadows open. What page is it open to right now? It is on the Hawker demon slash alchemist demon page Ooh. pages yeah but you have you have quite the the charm collection so you're no you're no casual <laughs> fan uh no. which i mean you also have podcasts that cover covers the uh kids oh word of the witches goes like into the the novelization universe and kind of that extended universe yeah yeah so words of the witches is going over all the published materials so it, we're starting off with the novels there was 43 novels that was written two of them were short story compilations mm -hmm. um and then after that i'm going into the comic books that were written and i'm going to be doing the official magazines and then like some of the other books like essay books and guides so i'm covering like everything i, I have like that. a four-year i have a four-year plan at least so that's awesome it, yeah <laughs> i i have to say i i think i read like the first 30 issues of the comic because it was so good and yeah. i didn't we'll get into it later i didn't love how the series ended per se so anytime we got that it was the same with buffy when we got that season nine season eight season eight comic i was like mm. "Ooh, it's the writers from the show i'm all in so i loved that charm comic but i want to know we'll what have to have you come on for the comics when we get to them we'll I, oh yes i would love to that'd, that'd be, be amazing it would be give me a reason to revisit um yeah. so what were some things to you that just kind of stood out to young kevin that were just some things that really appealed to you that uh, the show offered that maybe other magic based things that you'd seen before had not offered yeah i mean i think it was there were the characters were a little bit more adult whereas mm -hmm. a lot of the things i was watching at the time were like teenagers high school kids um and you know i i was intrigued by that whole adulthood because it was like a foreign thing to me i'm like oh okay let's let's see what this is about and people in their late 20s early 30s <laughs> um and and the whole family dynamic is the main seller for me because i was always really close to my siblings especially when, when i was younger and i was like yeah siblings working together always like struck a nerve with me and i was really drawn to that stuff and i i liked that the magic wasn't so like fantastical i mean at least in the mm -hmm. beginning it wasn't as fantastical it was very mm -hmm grounded and like something that was you know easily to easy to kind of grasp and like just simple things freezing time and telekinesis premonitions those are all very simple um to show and simple to to comprehend and um i think it worked out for me uh and, and then it then it started going crazy afterwards you know more mm -hmm. more involved but i think that those initial that initial season was it's very something that's very earthy and and, and dark mm -hmm. and cool Mm -hmm. you can tell it's it's something similar with buffy because i love like a creature of the week like because charmed also really launched in later on into like awesome creature makeup and yeah. i mean by the time we get to cole and balthazar the 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 continuity of of the demon self versus the human self um but like charmed had a lot of that that i thought was really fantastic but you can tell it grew with its budget like it it 
made sense that they slowly were able to grow their powers and so the show itself could slowly grow um but i like you always and especially revisiting as an adult now this was one i was going to try to rewatch the whole series for this (laughs) but i couldn't get there just life got in the way i couldn't get through the whole series how far Um, did you get through oh i got right up through phoebe showing up um, and by Phoebe, Paige. I mean Paige. I'm sorry, Paige. <laughs> like, yeah, Paige. Like, wow, you only get through the first episode? Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so Prue passing. And then I got through most of season four. Okay. Um, just because that is, that's where I remember coming into the show when I was younger. Um, again, I had to wait till I got out of my mother's house because I couldn't watch anything witches and dark-sided uh, evil <laughs> things. Uh, so, you know, when I got out, I and so I was watching it kind of in real time. Um, and going back when the v- DVDs came back um but something that i really loved which was also unusual for the network they were on because it was like hot sexy teens um was the fact that like they had quite the age gap between the sisters and a very realistic age gap but i also loved that like Phoebe is grappling with trying to become an adult. So she's not that teenager, but she is just outside of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and she, you know, she's the childish one of the, the siblings and, and you have Piper who's the, the, the kind of weird grounding point between the two of, uh, of the, the other two, but it's, you know, that's something I really liked because it was this moment of the more real world we, there were larger stakes than saving the high school uh and exactly. those kinds of things which i would i would i loved about buffy but it was that thing that it made the scale larger but also smaller in a way of like they're still trying to deal with their day-to-day life while trying to grapple with being the charmed ones which seems actually way harder when you're trying to have a career and trying to be uh-huh. an adult it's like um, i have a job i'm not just a student with homework i have a job now and <laughs> i'm making odd, money <laughs> oddly a uh, much larger secret to keep when you have the the like stakes of adulthood because like oh you missed class that's a bummer but like you disappear halfway through a work day, your boss is going to have something to say about it. Yeah. And and, I mean, even the neighbors noticed and though, you know, very quickly we learned that their neighbors are not all, you know, human and things. So, (laughs) uh, which, you know, isn't surprising for me with San Francisco. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah. So what are to this day, some of your kind of standout things that just make the show so different and so special to you? Oh, let me count the ways. Oh, no, I know it's a big, broad question. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the mantra that's always, you know, the whole mantra for the whole series is that it's about three women who happen to be witches, not three witches who happen to be women mm-hmm. or sisters. Uh, so uh, so it really, it, t- it takes the characters from a human standpoint. And I think even when the writing might have been silly at times or, you know, not the best, sometimes the writing can be a little crazy in certain episodes, but the actors were committed and they sold everything. And I believed in everything they did. So even while things were going crazy, I felt like moved and I felt like I was watching an authentic person. (laughs) And so that's, that's the thing that kept me going all these years over and over because they, they enjoyed the job and they wanted to do the best work they could do. So when when you come so there's a camp level there's a serious camp level Mm -hmm. to the show 
especially you hit a point in kind of the middle run of the show where they were doing like the fairy tales and they'd be mermaids one episode and, and be you know you have to kind of hold on to those moments because it's like it's giving us some fun whimsical things that you can yes. do magic because magic at its base to me is camp it can have the darkest highest stakes <laughs> but there's something so silly and whimsical about the idea of magic and um, i enjoy that too i enjoy that lightheartedness and just having fun with it that's that's another perk of it because you can you this, what's great about charm is you can have like the silliest goofiest things happen but then still have a heart underneath and that's yep. consistent throughout well, and you also had the actors commit to it. Like you said, like those women committed to this idea because you could, you very easily can tell when like bad magic, bad fantasy sci-fi is bad because the actors don't believe in the world that they're building. Yeah. And these women along the whole way, you could tell they, well, one, they loved what they did, but they also like appreciated the job they had. They appreciated the fan base, the world that they were kind of building because they also do still steadily. They have a fandom that was in the early days of the internet and the like mm -hmm. con system and stuff still very early in the days of the internet. So while you have like big fan sites and things, they were developing this in like a pre-social media world, which I'm kind of thankful for that like this and Buffy and Angel and these kind of, even like back in the 90s, like Kindred the Embraced, those kind of shows were existing in a pre-social media world. Oh my gosh. I ha I I loved fan sites. The Charmed mm -hmm. fan sites were mm -hmm. like the best thing because they had a whole resource of information. It wasn't just a Wikipedia page. Yep. This was people, they were make. I had my own website actually. It was called Charmed Obsessed and I, I had a lot of visitors. I had a guest book. So, you know, it started, it's like the precursor to my podcast was that website. I love that. And I hope <laughs> if anyone remembers going on to Charm Obsessed, please write in because I want to connect that little world together. I love the internet. such a small place. I love it. But well, and it's even like, I remember because you and I are both Power Ranger fans as well. Mm -hmm. Like uh, in like Ranger Board in those early days where like yeah. you could go and there was a little negativity, but everybody was just really excited and wanted to interact with each other and like buy merchandise back and forth. And it was a really great place to kind of exist before this idea of social media started, which I mean is obvious because like uh, the, the fans have come for the ladies uh, quite often recently. And it's there, it's, it's that idea of like, they're, they're not thankful that the women have done this job and then still like are thankful for the fan base. They want to be so critical of these actresses who did an amazing job and don't have to interact with anyone. They don't have to, they don't have to do, I right. mean, cause it's even like, I saw a great video clip of Holly Marie Combs was doing a, um, like a fan appearance pre COVID. Um, and she talked about the, uh, the, her, the hand movement and how in the unaired pilot, uh, before Alyssa Milano joined the show, they just said, just do something, just do something to like freeze time. And it was a very simple effect for the unaired <laughs> pilot. And then when they went to shoot the first episode, they said, do your hand thing. And she's like, I didn't know I had a hand thing. And so they just said, well, we loved it. So keep it. And she was like, oh shit. And so it's one of those things that like she committed to that and then just kind of helped it grow and thankfully they let all of their magic grow and they get tertiary and secondary powers and things which again i feel like that made so much sense that it seemed like a struggle at time for them to like hold on to the the levels of the the 
demons and creatures they were fighting with where they were with magic, it felt that they were really having to grow, which is something I loved about the show and like continually having to rely on the uh, uh, Book of Shadows and the White Lighters and, uh, and things. And so that's something I love, which I think just goes yeah. hand in hand. Now, something else I loved was the White Lighter, like, and how uh, Leo, I mean, just because Leo was one of the only ones that we saw for a long time, but how he really kind of took backseat to the girls. He was there to help them and lead them, but he was new himself. So like, um, but that I love that he was kind of bumbling and they weren't so much bumbling, but he was like, well, I mean, he was, I think now people would probably call Leo a himbo, but uh, just cause he's <laughs> handsome. He has that kind of golden retriever energy, but he was like handsome and all, well, handsome and all American looking. Um, and so, but I love this aspect. And then when we get page and she's part white lighter and kind of letting that grow uh as we got to the again if anyone uh, is screaming spoilers <laughs> at home this show has been on the air for tw- <laughs> this is, uh, you know it's every 23, episode, 23 24 years i'm yeah. about to say it's almost 25 years it shows yeah. on tbs every morning so if you ever i know everybody's seen at least a little bit of charmed out there when you're staying in a yeah. hotel or you're in a doctor's office at, at it's at the, the gym all the time yeah uh, all the time it's either yeah. that or uh supernatural mm-hmm. i saw because they're just they show them in blocks um <laughs> but before we kind of launch into like the nitty gritty what are just a couple other things that you just want to shout out that you really think set this show apart i think i don't know i think it 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 was the perfect balance of you know taking itself seriously and then not taking itself seriously Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and like i think you know i liked they they had a ton of guest stars that you know a lot of people before their careers were you know as big as they are mm-hmm. um and so it's kind of cool to see the guest stars that appeared um and then like season seven i know it has a lot a lot of crazy guest stars like chris mccarpenter came on there billy zane came on there john ham was on there uh <laughs> john ham well before mad men yes uh, well and it's funny that chris mccarpenter came on because I, i'm sure i'll bring it up at some point but <laughs> i still to this day am shocked that there was not like a triad set of episodes where they had to connect San Francisco to Sunnydale to, to LA you know? because I mean, cause the, <laughs> mm, the first evil and the source of all evil seemed very similar to me. Uh, you know, but I love to still think that in my non-canonical brain, it is canon that they exist in the same universe. Cause why couldn't they, it makes sense. I'm still, I'm a little bummed that the comics didn't cross over at any yeah. point, but, uh, but Buffy is... was mentioned one time in charmed. Do you remember mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> it was in season one, <laughs> uh, the power of two episode 20. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, that's why it's there. And I kept going, please, even if it's just bringing like Willow over, just like, yeah, give, give us some, give us some more witchies. Give it, give us those witch moments. Um, <laughs> which, uh, and something I loved and it, it's a little different than like what the Buffy designers did as they went through and kind of angel. And this is also thematic of shows to, cause it was in the nineties. So like, it wasn't about sexy new it wasn't about like grown up new york yet all the shows were still sexy california and this show felt way more accessible in how everyone looked like everyone was gorgeous do not get me wrong but like how everyone dressed it felt like 
we could go out and buy that off the rack mm-hmm. where necessarily Buffy still felt, even though she was like, had a single mom in the burbs, her clothes still felt so niche and so like cluelessly on top of everyone else that it was like, <laughs> I loved that kind of how accessible everyone looked on the show in the way, you know, in pre mega cosplay, like pre everybody yeah. cosplaying, you know, I feel like it would have it was much easier to cosplay one of these characters or, or whatnot, but also just see kind of, it made them in many ways, such accessible characters. Uh, which, you know, you need in order to keep people going with the exactly, show. Yeah. Now, now they've told many stories and done many things. Uh, some that, you know, fans love, some fans don't love, some that fans have come around with. But what are, uh, you know, normally I tell everybody, bring five or six episodes on the show. But that's a lot to do when you've got, what, like 220 episodes of the show? Something There's like 179 that. Specific. Well, te- te- no, te- technically 178, but I count 179 because the honored pilot is 100. So and so. and uh, uh, shocking to the actors and actresses, they are a little shocked and appalled that it is out there for viewing on the internet. Uh, it, well, it's also the, on my DVD sets. They ha- they they did it. release it. They did release and, it on, the on DVD some of the set. some of the sets. If you have yeah. the special ones, you know. But um, <laughs> but I know the actors were like, we were told that was never to be released. But I was like, okay, come on, you've been in Hollywood how long? Right. You know, it's kind of come out um i know it was up on youtube for a long time like that and they like that in the buffy uh, yeah i think pilots. it still is but it's in like parts like pieces does not surprise me it's but, only about but, a half hour long yeah but, oh it's super short because yeah. it's got to be super short for them yeah. to be able to sell it to mm-hmm. the network no i'm glad the show was uh, a 45 minute drama it, it made sense with the yeah. kind of story structure and the kind of deepness of the story especially as we were getting into family drama that kind of overlapped with um uh the things so i told you i wanted i wanted to hear kind of what are five key moments of the show episodes arcs of the show that you think really sell it as a show that you want people to either go back and rewatch or maybe visit for the first time what would one of those moments be for you <laughs> i have a list of all my favorite episodes from each season i love it <laughs> so i'm trying to figure it out so i love i mean definitely you have to watch the first episode absolutely um, always watch the pilot yes uh that's that's the key um but i love like kind of like the beginning of the last third of season one like i love mm-hmm. episode 15 16 and 17 so that's uh is there wiki in the house which proves mm-hmm. it anyway and that 70s episode um those are all really, really good. And that 70s episode especially is gives you um, a little bit more of the family lore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a really good, you know, you introduces some new great actresses and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like understand their relationship with their, with their family and ancestors, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I love morality bites. I think that's probably my favorite episode of the sh- series. That's the one where we go to the future. Another time travel. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really good time travel episodes. <laughs> this show i will i will give you that especially because so i unlike a lot of people love the chris and wyatt older chris and wyatt uh-huh. stuff and so anytime that we traveled especially when you started seeing that maybe they were not growing up to be the boys or one of them was not growing up to be the boys that their parents <laughs> and aunts would probably have loved um i really thought this show handled time travel exceptionally well they kept the scope small enough that we weren't Mm -hmm. having to see a lot of the world but it kept me going 
I wouldn't mind if we got a future series of this show that right. jumped so much time, which I think, you know, that was a point where they were probably going, well, if we have the women that want to jump out at any point, we could always jump forward, though, even mm -hmm. though I know one of the the two boys actors jumped out very quickly um, before the end of the, the series and things. But I agree with you wholeheartedly that this show handles time travel in such a beautiful way that most shows do not handle well to the point that it feels like fan fiction, like bad fan fiction in a way when some shows yeah. do it. Which is interesting about them, because like Drew Fuller, who played Chris, he was only mm -hmm. contracted for a season. So he was only mm -hmm. in one season. Mm -hmm. And Adult Wyatt, he was only in four episodes mm -hmm. scattered throughout. But um, mm -hmm. but I would have loved to see, you know, I mean, people always would like have said they like one of a spinoff of the three um, Wyatt, Chris, and Melinda, Piper's mm -hmm. and Leo's, you know, mm -hmm. children, uh, which I would have liked, but a lot of people just think, that's to, to give it a rest. It's so, like, I still think it would have been a really good, interesting show. I do too. That or, that or go back to the past and have a show about Patty and Grams and have them raise the girls as children. Yes. That would have yeah. been really cool too. Mm -hmm. So, well, because there were so many moments that, like, the, the choices that were made could have altered time in such a way mm -hmm. that, like, they could have literally done a prequel show, the current show, and a future show, but yeah. while everything that was happening on the current show was affecting future and past in a way. Right. Because that, that charmed MCU thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> the charmed multiverse, if you will. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, it's, but it is one of those things. But, you know, they really made the most out of having older Chris and older Wyatt. Cause I mean, you've even got the one episode where like you could tell they were wrapping things up when they went, oh, uh, Uncle Cup, what are you doing here? It's one of my favorite moments. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the room goes, I'm sorry, Uncle. <laughs> what and they go oh, oh shit oop yep. wrong point in time <laughs> um because that's that's one of the the points for me too is near the end when you could feel that they knew it was the end and they were trying to give us some some closure and work towards mm -hmm. an ending there were those characters like cup that showed up that i love that is just some <laughs> of my absolute favorite in the show let me say and let me say cup it's coop Coop, Coop, yes. Coop. Again, I haven't gotten there. I have not gotten back to at that point. Y'all, I have to. I have to test this. Why I wanted to rewatch because other than like casual catching episodes, I yeah. haven't actively gone back and watched. Yeah. I know I need to do. Well, I'm doing this one, then I'm doing Buffy again because we have a. Uh, I thought this would be a good one to start with because we're doing yeah. this, and then in March I'm celebrating the 25th anniversary of Buffy, uh, as it premiered in March, and so I felt the two going together a month apart would be appropriate. Very nice. Very um, nice. But but yeah, there are those those little moments for me. So what was it? Uh, describe reality bites as an episode, just to kind of remind everybody and just kind of talk about a little bit about what yes. kind of cements that for you is why it's so important uh to the canon so morality bites is when they uh have to go to the future and they don't know why um but um it's they uh so there's this whole situation in front of the house where like this man is letting his dog go to like poop on their lawn and they're like, this is ridiculous. He's doing this every day. He needs to be taught a lesson. And so they use the powers on him to kind of like get a little revenge. They have the, they fling the poop on his shoe instead. And so this causes them to be sent to the future where they have to learn a valuable lesson. Uh, Phoebe gets a premonition that she's burned at the stake. Um, and they're like, oh man, let's go see if we can fix this. And um, 
you know, it's really great. Piper sees that she has a daughter, that she was married to Leo. Prue is a workaholic with blonde hair and she's like super successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they're all trying to break future Phoebe out of jail. And Phoebe's just like, how did I kill somebody? How did I murder somebody? My power is passive. Well, your powers grew to crazy things, to le- levitation and electrokinesis. And like, whoa. <laughs> um, so yeah, but then... The, well, ties that make what makes this episode so powerful is the fact that they learned that they have to protect the innocent, not punish the guilty. That's the job, and mm-hmm. so it's a very powerful thing that some they sometimes forget about afterwards. But it's mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's still something that is really important them- thematically and really moving. And then the fact that you know we had to watch Phoebe literally get burned, and then they had to they were willing to make the sacrifice for what was more morally correct mm-hmm. so it's oh, just really beautiful i i love that that is a great moment well and it's also a moment where you know it's the first time where we're seeing that like oh they're not locking us to a definite future that we can change these moments if we're yeah. coming back and doing the correct yeah. things um what what would be the next kind of standout episode for you that that you do you think just stands out I mean, all of season three is, season three is my favorite season. (laughs) Tell us what happens in season three. (laughs) Season three is Shannon Doherty's last season. Um, And uh, it's, it was heartbreaking. I remember at the time I was like signing petitions to keep her on and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, But there's just a lot of really well written episodes. And like, even, even though they didn't know she was leaving at the end of that season, it was kind of up in the air. There were a lot of episodes before that kind of gave us a, cer- a certain closure with her character and like understand, like we had just Harried where she was like having, going over her regrets. And then there's the whole death takes a hollow where she's like dealing with her concept of death and her grief over her mother's death and her trying to, you know, kind of recognizing that it's a real thing. Like all these little moments of season three uh, make the finale, All Hell Breaks Loose, even more powerful. And that's such an amazing episode. A lot of people's favorite episode of the series mm-hmm. is All Hell Breaks Loose um because it was just so intense and so just like dark and emotional it's it's beautiful so (laughs) well and it's also those are outside of like the idea of magical realism those are things that as adults we have to deal with in a way that we're never quite sure when and how we're going to deal with it i mean you know i i hate bringing up kind of the last two years but a lot of people have had to grieve in a way that they didn't think they were going to have to or learn have to um it's also just as adults when we hit those moments of we take for granted that people are going to be with us always or that we're our lives are not going to change indefinitely even if it's not something as large as loss of job loss of family loss of uh, loss of self Mm. um those are those are those moments where it was so much larger than a show about witches who are sisters. It was a show about these people who are struggling as people who yes. also happen to be witches, which is again, I I think especially the end of that series, as we got into those last couple, those last couple episodes. Whew, it's it's <laughs> dark, it's beautiful. And I think I also think for Aaron Spelling show, they handled this kind of thing very well because he doesn't. He tend he tended to do flash and trash drama, uh, for shock's sake. And I would say there's a lot of the show that's done for story sake, not necessarily for shock shake. Sock mm-hmm. shock right. sake, which <laughs> I think I think is important of why they were able to continue making the story work. But it's also setting up such high stakes for where. 
um, Piper and Phoebe are going to have to go next and yeah. what this means for them. Uh, I'm sure because you were like everybody else that went, but they're the power of three. What They got to be three. What's happening? <laughs> um, you know, so that's, I think, I agree with you. I think uh, season three is one of the best series of the, the, or seasons of the series. And also just, it is, you know, there were shows during this time, like Buffy also did it with like The Body and a few other episodes where they mm-hmm. just kind of set the tone for what was going to make really good tv writing no matter what your genre mm-hmm. is and i i agree with you all hell's breaks loose is one of those episodes yeah yeah well and what i love about um paige coming in is her introduction for, for me made sense it didn't come out of nowhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was something that was set up previously you know we learned this is season two that patty had an affair with her white letter and we met yep. him and so it's mm-hmm. like this is tying it back this was set up long before so mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it was just a quick turn like oh what do we got to come up with something quick um and so it, it really kind of gave us a really good continuity and a really good something to base it off of i mean the show the, the thing is everybody that made the show uh, from the production side and producing was veterans they were yeah. longtime tv vets and aaron did not have the best relationship with shannon like did not have a, a like because nano 210 catastrophic i mean her say what you will about shannon doherty whether you know you are very pro her against her she is someone who has always been kind of dynamic bombastic and kind of always was she was a talking point for whatever show she was on uh you know it give or take maybe why we have or have not seen her uh because people had some not true things to say about her that people took as truth but i'm sure you know it they had to know that at some point people come and go from shows and when you've got well when you've got three women whose the series literally rides on their backs at all points they can't really not be in an episode they do you know they do do that a little bit later in the series Mm -hmm. when i think it's when holly marie combs herself was actually pregnant um you know there's sometimes where you figure out a way for people to not be in as much of episodds or when they're giving you know when because Alyssa milano really grew into an, an exceptional actress throughout this series um and you really kind of saw her rose mcgowan as well but uh, rose mcgowan's always been i think a great performer um which was why when she joined the show i thought it was uh, appropriate um because i mean jawbreaker is a great movie uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes but i you know i think that might have been smart on the show's part to to plant that idea they went well if one of the three of them ever needs to leave we have a fallback we can bring another actress yeah. in um and uh think back to little kevin look Kev. what was when you first met paige in those those first episodes of season four what was your resp- what was your response when when it was originally airing versus kind of as you've grown as an adult <laughs> well initially i was i was very nervous to start of season four because i was so i mean prue was my favorite but just like i was so like in the world i was so immersed in the world i was like i can't lose anybody but i was I was grieving much like the sisters were. I felt very like a kinship. And so like, I was definitely willing. I was like one of the person because there are people that like stopped watching the show after Shannon left and they're like, I can't get into it. But no, I was willing to learn about her and grow with her. And I think having an open mind allowed me to carry on and, and having the familiar, familiar faces that I did know and watching their mm-hmm. story, it kept me going on. And, you know, I think they honored Prue pretty well in those seasons. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the emotion that they showed was very um, valid. Um, 
and that you know seeing them mourn allowed me to mourn mm-hmm. and uh you know and so like i was i was a little nervous about Paige coming in and i was i had to warm up to her but i did i went warmed up to her very quickly even while you know i was young um and as an adult i just you know appreciate the whole series more mm-hmm. uh but i, I <laughs> but yeah i've always kind of you know I'm, I'm that kind of person where i like I'm an open mind for anything and I'm willing to go on the journey, whatever journey you take me on. Uh, so I think a lot of times fans feel a little too much ownership for a show, which I get, I get, I get <laughs> yeah. loving, especially now with the internet. Like I think uh, I'm a Whovian. I love Dr. Who, but the fans have made it really hard to be a fan of that show because it's hard for a fan. Uh, Steven Universe even did this as well for for kind of the, the, the dynamic between an adult show versus a kid show. The the fans have made it so hard to enjoy it because it's almost impossible to see anything online and not be forced to interact with people <laughs> in some sort of way. And so I think if people are just open-minded with their shows that they love and fine, it's like, if you can't do it, drop off. Maybe it's not for you anymore. Sometimes we outgrow things. Like it is absolutely a thing, especially when things are on for a long time, you know, (laughs) as far as shows go, this is on for a long time. It's fine to step away. But I also think if people, if you really love something, like give it a shot because things are going to change. Cause like, people we all need to change we all change over time and if we don't yeah. that's that's a problem <laughs> so i mean are the media and kind of the the stories that we're telling if they're writing real people they will also grow and change so i think we exactly. always need to be oh sabo um <laughs> i have a little tiny sabo figure that's up here that will he's built funny so he just does not like to sit and i just <laughs> rearrange everything today so he can live on the floor um but i think if people just kind of keep giving an open mind to the things that they love like you love it for a reason mm-hmm. you'll just find more reasons to love it maybe you'll hate a character but maybe they won't be on that long you never know but like yeah. keep going with the show yeah. um i wanted to comment too yeah. uh, about go, go, go. what you said about shannon doherty because like um what's good about aaron spelling is he he welcomed her back because mm-hmm. he's like welcome back kiddo because while things got weird um I feel like Shannon was just labeled as this whole bitch thing because mm-hmm. of she had opinions and she was, she was dedicated to her work. She's, she's a very hard worker. Um, and she always has ideas about what could make the show better. And a lot of people didn't like that run people the wrong way. Um, and I think that's part of what happened with charm too, because she, she wanted to have a very serious show. A very, you know, she wanted very um, strong thematic elements and strong emotional elements. And, you know, she directed all hell breaks loose. Yeah. That was her, her work. So I think um, um, she was just, I, th- I think because she's very opinionated and she wants good things done, she gets labeled as this bitchy thing. And I mean, maybe she has a little bit of a personality too, but I don't think she's ever like nasty on purpose. She's definitely a loving person. So I just, you know, I think it's good to have that that knowledge a little bit. <laughs> I, I also think fans are, um, and like internet people are only going to ever know what's posted on the internet. And you got to realize it's not always true. And it's not always from a reliable source. Right. So like, check your sources, like watch, <laughs> like if you got people who are, who are generally are like, I have amazing interactions with this person. Maybe it's just because you have never actually interacted with them. And you're just relying on the stories of like people who've interacted with them. It's like, you've, you've got to give the opportunity that maybe your view isn't from the most streamlined way. And right. I think, you know, and that was one of the situations where in a pre-internet time that is not as scoped as it is now, it was really easy to get like a single 
version of the story mm-hmm. from a tabloid rag from a teen beat those kinds of things that you know actors are all you know you and i both perform <laughs> we're around <laughs> actor theater people all the time oh, yes you know so it's one of those things that we you know theater people actor people can be abhorrent they can be the most dramatic <laughs> so a diva a diva, <laughs> diva diva <laughs> oh that was a nice shirley roth right there um but you know they're not always going to give the most uh, a singular perspective of what happened they're going to give their perspective of what happened so you know i think you know if in that those kind of situations when you're hearing that from one person that somebody might not have been great but everybody else is like well maybe let's i don't know give someone a chance because they might be growing to become a better person right maybe they're going to be a better person so you know but i also say we need to leave actors alone and let them just act and appreciate the art they do but like their personal life is none of my business unless they're actively seeking to like harm people right or thing like it's one of those things it's like if, if they're not voting against people that are like me, I, or, or, you know, people who are people of color and things, then I just, I don't need to know anything about what's happening in their life. It's not my business. This yeah. Not, not yeah. my, not my chair, not my monkey. So uh, <laughs> I'll put my soapbox away for now, but what yeah. are some, as we move into kind of the later seasons, as we develop and we get a kind of a deeper understanding of, we meet more uh, white lighters and this, this, this universe is continuing to expand. What are some other episodes that just stand out for you? Oh, oh, wow. <gasps> uh, I love Sense and Sensibility in season five. That's just a very funny one. Very laughable. That's the one with the monkey totem. Yep. Uh, and they, you know, they lose the, the hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. They lose the senses. Um, it's just a very fun. Uh, and part of that was Brian Krause's idea. They, they changed into what it became, but he, his initial idea came from him. Um, and it's just it's really cool to see how they communicate to each other when they have mm-hmm. <laughs> senses that are you know not not really helping them out. So <laughs> um, that's really good. I really enjoy um, crisscrossed in, se- in season six where we first meet the future Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked touched a little bit on that one, um, and uh, I enjoy when they brought the mini dollhouse like this. Uh huh. I enjoy those episodes a lot. Scry Hard and Repo Manor. Um, it's just, it's got me some Honey, I Shrunk the Kids vibes in there. Absolutely. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about season seven and season eight. Eight, of okay. This show. Yes. Um, because, so this was when I was watching in real time. And they were, again, we had like, pre-pre-death level stakes that were happening between magic school which one i loved when they introduced magic school i it put me into a school of magic any day i love it <laughs> and i also know it was a regular set they could go to because they were starting to cut budgets and things so they could work on these singular sets and not have to worry about so many location shots and things but like i loved magic school but you know season seven ended and it felt like an ending of the show like they were able to walk away if they wanted to. Um, and I know through most of season seven, just from the backside of things, they did not know if season eight was going to happen. Right. So I know they prepared to end and the show got brought back for eight, but the budgets were gutted. Like Brian Krause could only be in like three or four episodes. And he was in he, 10. 
Yeah, but well, they but could. Yeah. I know they couldn't afford to keep him for all twenty-two. No, so no, they, they had to. Yeah. So like he's missing from the middle chunk, and they brought uh -huh. him back at the end to tie everything yeah. up. And um, oh, that wonderful actor. What is his name? Um, 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 um oh, Dorian Gregory, who played Daryl, is was written out of the show for season seven for for, for season for, eight for eight for yeah. for budgeting reasons and things. But what? what is what is and it's when we get kaylee cuoco and it's i say it's when most people became aware of her as an actress she'd done very small things before this but she got brought in as billy a new witch that they find um and uh season eight's a little strange for that way and it becomes about billy with the charmed ones behind her how how as a fan did you feel kind of coming out of seven and then seeing a kind of new version of charm being rebuilt for season eight okay okay well it's, it's funny because a lot of people don't really hate on the later seasons um, yes uh, yeah <laughs> a lot of people fan, do oof. <laughs> and the fans will let you know <laughs> yes they will let you know um season seven gets a lot of hate but i actually personally love season seven quite a I bit do too mm -hmm. um uh people that don't aren't really privy to the avatar storyline and everything but i think that's just really um gave us a lot to think about in terms of like what they're offering what does what does utopia mean what is you know what is the sacrifice what is the cost um you know it's and it's it's like and i i think the avatars are much um nicer characters than the elders i hate the elders with a passion they're yeah. they're douchebags to me so <laughs> um so i will always defend season seven and i, I like like that arc and i like billy zane coming in because a whole new mm -hmm. fresh he's like the best guest star ever um mm -hmm. and like with Zanku, people really like Zanku and stuff. So I enjoy that. Uh, and yeah, when they ended season seven, it had to be an episode that could work as both a series and as a season finale. Yeah. Um, so I think they did a really good job of that. If I gotta say though, if season seven was the finale, I would have been very disappointed. <laughs> Like I like it as an episode, but I, that's not how I would have wanted it to end. And so <laughs> there's, it's a little, so like as a fan, I got it. And I was honestly like, you know what? Because we'd been working up like with, um, with uh, uh, um, pages, glamor, magic and things of this idea that the, the house is the you know not the house is not going to be livable anymore and that's kind of what was tying them to this life and then so you know defeating the big bad and the house and being able to walk away with new faces um i went that's a weird very open way of ending a series but it also felt like the way people were finishing series at that moment it felt yeah. very similar to like Buffy not having the final line in her own show, those kinds of moments where like fans were so divisive about it, but like mm -hmm. it's how it ended. So I think I, it did give you a like a, a nice taste of what could be, like give you something to think about, like what their future holds for them. Um, leave it open ended, but I think the whole new face is bothered me. <laughs> Stuff. Well, my the thing I was worried about was they were going to go, okay, we can do a cheaper show by bringing in all new actors to yeah. play the same characters uh. in new faces. And I'm so happy they didn't end up doing that for season eight. Um, but of season eight, that, that's the beginning of season eight is what I have the most problem with because they're juggling. I mean, there are back, we have our, our sisters back, but the fact that they're juggling these two identities yes. for like five mm -hmm. episodes. Mm hmm. 
I did not like that. <laughs> I was I was so much happier when they dropped it because it also showed that it was like this isn't gonna work. This is not gonna work at all. Yeah. And I think they were trying to. They are trying to like the actresses are getting tired. They they've been doing a lot of stunts. So the season eight was them to kind of like sit back a little bit, have some have a little bit more free time, have a, a little less actiony stuff to do. I think it's in season eight is when they said they wouldn't be doing any like prosthetics anymore. They didn't want to do a lot of the stunts anymore. Uh, I mean, not they did a lot of stunts themselves. They had stunt people, but still they didn't want to put themselves in too high intense stuff. <laughs> but like, can you blame them? Can you no, blame them? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So that's why Billy was here mm-hmm. to kind of, um, let them breathe a little bit (laughs) well and then when her sister showed up i was like this bitch is obviously evil she's obviously (laughs) going to be the problem not billy but her sister but it was right i don't hate it it is by far not my favorite season of the show i understood what they were trying to do I was just really happy we didn't continue because i know at one point there was talk about like just page continuing the show with billy um and it being something else but i'm and that's just like deep web and yeah. rumor but i'm really happy that didn't happen well what it was it was actually gonna be because at the time rose was kind of done with the show at the time at least they wanted to leave yeah. the show but holly was willing to say so they wanted they we're gonna do a spin-off series with holly mm-hmm. and have the other actors kind of come in here and there yeah. um but that didn't work out either uh but uh, yeah i mean i'm glad we got the ending we did and i I don't think season season eight is not the worst thing you would have seen on TV. No, you know, it's, f- it's far <laughs> from it. I've yeah. seen much worse seasons of Grey's Anatomy than, yeah. than season eight of yeah. Charmed. So, I mean, there's still lots of good things in there. It's not my favorite season. Um, I was I was a little I felt a little bit betrayed by some of the things I was like no Daryl and and uh, uh-huh. b- b- our Leo has to leave just because we yeah. got new gotta, gotta add new characters. Uh, but um, Billy ended up. As through my adult brain, especially like as a kid, I think I hated her more. Or as, as yeah, at this time I was like 18, 19 when it was ending. But I was, but through an adult brain, I'm like, she was actually one of the more um relatable characters at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice to see it through new eyes. Christy never liked she I hated her from the from the beginning. Stupid. <laughs> but uh, I think this would this would have been a really great time to introduce the whole evil power of three concept that they brought back mm-hmm. in season one the whole like you know there were brothers and stuff even if they did it with sisters to have like three of them mm-hmm. i think would have been a cool pair there's like the whole three against two is a little odd uh, <laughs> um well because if there are two evil ones it, there were sometimes with christy that billy just believed her so wholeheartedly but also like a teenager finding their lost sibling like you're going to go with family over this new family who has had their own drama like she's mm-hmm. billy witnessed some of their own family drama which was they super heightened at this point right. and i was like okay we okay we get it okay we get it and- um but <laughs> you know i do also think that was probably their way because i know their demographic ratings had really shifted to like middle-aged people and no teenagers and they were mm, trying to yeah they were trying to keep those like buffy viewers after sure. buffy ended in 2002 sure. so like i know they were trying to keep some of those because that was when it was uh, uh, becoming the WB, it had shifted from UPN, or uh, no, it was, oh, it they was were the CW. It was yeah. becoming it was the CW, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then the CW was going to be very sexy. I mean, yes, I just very point, young people. Yes. Just, I point to Riverdale and the DCEU, but uh, <laughs> uh, very sexy, very, very brooding, very dark. <laughs> um, uh, but 
you know, I mean, we still would not have gotten things like the new Sabrina. Like, there's no way we would have gotten, like, Archie wouldn't have written those comics if it had not have been for, like, Buffy and Charmed. I desperately like to think. Um, also just cause the, the, the writer of that also attributes Buffy and charmed being like his like queer awakening as, as a creator and a playwright and a director and things. Um, now because so much of your work goes into the extended universe, what do you think? And this goes for just kind of a general thing. When you've got people who might not necessarily necessarily written or show run the show before, but they're continuing it. What are some points that you think are important when other people have approached telling stories with the charmed ones? What are some successful things that they're able to do? It is really cool because a lot of these books that I'm reading, and I've read these like 20 years ago too. So I'm rereading these after Mm -hmm. 20 years. It's crazy. Uh, Um, but they do reference a lot of things from the show. It's not, it's not just completely isolated. Some, these are supposed to take place in little pockets throughout the show. Um, so like, you know, they talk about things that happened in the show. Like this is like part of our history, which is really a good thing to do. It kind of ties it in. Um, part of what my podcast does is determine like, are, could these books be canon? Technically, none of the books are canon. They're mm-hmm. separate. <laughs> but we can look, take a look at them and see, could this fit? What would need to be changed if they if they don't fit quite exactly um, because they're, these books make a lot of errors too. While they do have a lot of references, they do make a lot of errors. Uh, so I, I have great fun pointing those out as well. Um, but I think it's, it's definitely nice to see stories, especially like stories that would not have worked on TV. They wouldn't have budget for some of these things. Mm-hmm. So, so we get to like imagine things mm-hmm. on a grander scale and get to see them travel to different places. They, they don't just stay in California. They're, they're going on vacations and things, going to Europe. And it's, it's really cool um, to get some new experiences with these characters that we love. And you can always hear the voices, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in, in, the, in the novel. So I do think the authors do a really good job of that. Do you, would you, we're living in a land of reboots. We're living in a land of continuing. <laughs> well, everybody calls them reboots, but I, they're continuation series. When you have everyone come back to do a show, it's not a reboot. It's no. a continuation. Right. Um, like anytime anybody talks about the Will and Grace series, they're just like, um, I'm just like, it's, it's not, it's just a new season. It's a yeah. new season of the same show, just 20 years after the exactly. last. Um, it's like a, it's like a sequel show. So it's like, yeah. it's like like, think of it as like, you know, this is X-Men 2. To your mm-hmm. X-Men. Like, <laughs> Would you like to see a mini series of them come back for a sh- like a one shot arc? Would you like to see everyone come back and do one now that we are 15 years after season eight? Ended? Oh my gosh. It's all we ever wanted. It's just, that's all we need. Just, mm-hmm. just like a nice special or a movie where we get the reunion. Mm-hmm. We, we need Prue and Paige to meet. That is a necessary, necessary. That's what mm-hmm. we all want. That's what we needed from the beginning of time. Um, and the thing is, all the actresses are willing. And that's what kills us me because the people are willing to just haven't gotten the push or the producers or the funding or whatever to do it. But And I, I'm, I'm shocked because spellings like company still exists. 
Like people know, like I'm shocked that Tori hasn't gone. This is something my dad loved. This is something everyone loved. Why don't we produce right. a charmed movie or a six episode? Like something. I would love to see like a six episode streaming arc. Cause that'd be six hours. Yeah. And that's a lot of time to tell a story. Cause yeah. like, again, charmed always did time travel. So well, do we travel in time? Does Prue come from the other side and, and assist them? Like what do we get all the kids? Because, you know, it was alluded to in that the one thing I loved was the final moments of season eight, when we're mm -hmm. seeing old Piper and old yes. Leo and we see all the family photos and you're like, Oh shit, there's nine, nine, nine nieces. And there's nine kids all together with the thing. It's like, Oh shit. There's, you know, what all does three this of them, mean? Yeah, all, all three of them have three. three. Because mm -hmm. then that also is like, okay, that actually gives us a different trifecta of, of the, it, it broadens that three by three. Mm -hmm. And does that make the magic even more legendary and intense? And what's interesting too about Paige's children is she has a mortal son that was adopted. Mm -hmm. She adopted him. I'm like, that is a cool dynamic. Like, how does, how do you work that out with these two? She has twins, two magical yep. twins with this. It's like, oh, this is, a, it's just, it was so interesting to see those. And because her, and her magic is always still going to be witch and white lighter. Like mm -hmm. she has those two parts of her. Yeah. So I think I do, th you know, it's as a thing of, I think it's time we tell new stories, time we do new things. I, you know, do we do a future series? Sure, maybe. But I, I would love to see them come back for one more story, which, you know, one more story always becomes one more story, always becomes one <laughs> right. more story. But I think we're at the point where, like, I don't want to see a super CGI series, but, like, prosthetics and things have come so far in 20 mm. years. I would love to see where magic school i would i would love to see where all of these things are beyond where we left them i mean kaylee cuoco is not too famous to come back where is billy at the end you know where yeah. i would i would like to see that we have a magical community that's beyond what we expected mm -hmm. because i think you could bring in so many more people you could bring in other sets of magical siblings um yeah. or or do you launch in and it's a literal war like has you know have they set up their own society like those kinds of things because like we've gotten so many things like um fort salem motherland like those things where like witches have a community or even like where they've taken harry potter and gone with fantastic beasts they're they're telling precursor stories but they're setting up whole in the, governments in the same world yeah well but they're setting up whole governments and things that are hundreds of years beyond the the muggle you know, muggle society like we had a black female magical president in 1920 when we were still <laughs> you know struggling for rights for anyone not white and not male so yeah. i mean i i kind of agree with you i would worry but i think you know it's one of those things that so many of the show directors and show writers are still alive that i think you know, if we have, or even like, I think Patton Oswalt has shown beautifully with his treatment of Firefly and his treatment of Buffy in comic and book that mm -hmm. like, because he was such a fan first that we have so many fans that like are creating and like actors and designers and directors because yeah. of the influence of this. I would love to see, I would love to see a completely women led charmed series like right female directors female writers female designers female cinematographers like really do do it up i think and i think now is the time to do it mm -hmm. i think we're losing footing um you know and especially we rarely have a point where everybody is willing to come back but like right. 
I I also think like be the positive fan outpour for them and the fan love and fan support has said so much and the fans are really keeping so many of these fandoms alive and i, I you, you you with you i'm tre- preaching to the choir but it's like just be nice to everybody like just be nice to everyone in your fandom unless they're literally <laughs> saying like white supremacy shit but then like right. mo- from that we we you know throw them <laughs> out but like we need to bring fandoms back in together mm-hmm. and forget that mm-hmm. it, and remember that we're it's because we love something so much that like we are loving it together and we're a community that loves it and so yeah and so it's interesting. These the only thing we've heard like Rose and Alyssa are kind of in a weird spot right now with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing, even though like they get they have lots of conflict and they do have this drama inside, I think all the actresses are so admirable and they're such fighters and they have such a fighting spirit. Um, and I think they the things they fight for are valid, even if they you know butt heads a little bit. I I have such respect for all of them. Uh, and so like I've read all their books and it's like, <laughs> it's interesting to, to put that, even though we want to separate them from the characters yeah. and everything, but <laughs> yeah. And it is hard because sometimes we do have to separate the people from the characters and like, you know, somebody is super progressive until the moment they're not. And, you know, it's one of those things that like, no one's going to be perfect. No. Um, you know, and we have to still look at the good work that people have done, but mm-hmm. well, and honestly, like you would never have known on golden girls that Rue McClanahan and Betty White famously hated each other. Like, you know, it's one of those things that I think people professional, it's also work. Like you got to come to work and do your job. So, but also like, what is this a future where literally the three do not interact as much anymore or Paige and you know Paige and um, um, Phoebe are not getting along. Like, is right. that a, it's, is, it's possible? That is it has, families all the time. You know, has there been a fracture in the three, mm-hmm. which means there's a fracture in the three by three? Like, is that right. where is that, you know also because like they were setting up a world where maybe Wyatt and Chris or one of the other were not the best of boys so like you know is this something where like the kids have fallen apart and like are we in an all-out war is the you know is the magical community dying out like what is happening um you know there's so many ways so many ways they could go but again time is ticking so like get on it cw you y'all shit yeah what y'all got right now shit bring it back bring something (laughs) good back Uh, well, so you have so many projects going on. You have your cosplay <laughs> page. You've got both of your podcasts. Yeah. Uh, thank you. It's always so lovely to have you on. You're so wonderful. Of course. Yes, uh, thank well, you. Tell everyone at home where they can find you. Sure. Okay. Well, you can follow my Words of the Witches page. That's the, about all the published material of Charmed and the extended extended universe, expanded universe and stuff, which is great. Um, my other show, Hanging with the Hallowells, is a fun show because it's kind of a spinoff of another podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was, it was, there was a podcast called Brunch with the Hallowells. One of the co-hosts of that got kicked off the show somehow. There was some kind of falling out. I don't know what happened. But he wanted to continue, because he was watching it for the first time, the series, seeing every episode of, for the first time. And he wanted to continue on with the series so he asked me to continue on with him and we started from season six uh and now we're all the way through season seven we're about to start season eight next month Ooh. Ooh. uh so you can listen to that we go episode by episode and we we get his initial reactions and uh, my charm professionalism and my expertise thrown in there and we just talk it out um so it's really fun we, and oh my gosh our energy is insane we're wild there it's great uh, so check that one out hanging with hanging with the hallowells you can watch the show with us uh, as we go um yeah and then you can find my personal page 
KGZ87, where that's where all my cosplay goes. Sometimes I sing songs. Um, sometimes there's, that's where I'm naked. So <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And you've also started doing uh, life modeling, life modeling, but also you started getting invited to appearing professionally at conventions. Yes. Do you have any coming up that anyone, because we have people that listen in all 50 states. So is there anyone coming up slash (laughs) slash because you are here often, please tell me you're coming to Ranger stop in November. Please tell me you're coming because we might be working and getting a table. So like, please tell me you're coming. (laughs) Ranger stop was actually my first, um, convention I, I traveled outside of state for i, I went to that. ranger stop in 2015 i think 2014 or 2015 was my first ranger stop um so i should probably get back there go back to my roots and stuff that'd be fun i mean also because you come here so often so i like, know i'll be back in, a, in well. next two weeks uh, february 5th i'm back amazing so, amazing yeah will festival arts still be going on yes it will are you going to try to get a popcorn bucket i'm going to try I got one. I have, even though I'm not going right now, my, my friends dropped one in my lap the last time I saw them because they, (laughs) they said we were walking past the booth and no one was in line and they still had plenty. Uh, but (laughs) (laughs) well, thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Yes, thanks for chatting. Charmed, and this is my pillow. Look at my beautiful charmed pillow. <laughs> oh my God, it's a it's a book of shadows pillow. I yeah. love that. <laughs> Getting so little magic via osmosis. Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at certainpov.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to another episode of Saturday Morning Confidential. Do not forget, if you have not rated and reviewed on your podcaster app of choice, please go do it. It helps us so much. We have tripled our listenership since November. You guys are incredible. I appreciate it so much. And don't forget the $2 a month on our Patreon lets us know that you love what we're doing. We are about to announce four or five new limited series and shows coming for you all this year. But we can only do that with your help. Now join us again next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.